Welcome to Cellmates. Oh, welcome to Cellmates. I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. And we are a podcast that looks at two animated movies and we compare, contrast, and generally throw a Venn diagram over them. Kate, your speaking voice is so good. I have been practicing. Yes, you are enunciating that very is well. all I do now. I'm a YouTuber now. <laughs> <laughs> Just for my school kids. You know what? Speaking of YouTubers, but not at all, uh, this is a podcast where we talk about movies that are often Disney. But not always. Often musicals. Not always. And often good. Not always. Smash that like button. I was ready for that, and then you interrupted with a nice compliment on my speaking voice. You're welcome. So that's nice. That's fine. The, The words you're looking for are thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Kate Phillips. Yeah. Uh... So a little con- a little context. Um, we're we're uh, on the eve of probably an apocalypse. Yeah, so it's appropriate that uh, we're discussing these movies and yeah. have it. I'm Dick. Tell us about what we're drinking. Oh my God, Kate, what what do you think you're drinking? Um, a, a liquefied peach is what it tastes like. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? But what it looks like is cherry dimetap. This is, uh, I mixed two ideas into uh-huh. a drink. Uh, it is Jameson Caskmates IPA edition whiskey. Okay. Uh, Malibu coconut rum <laughs> and uh, grenadine. Why? Well, the... <laughs> it tastes really good, but it, it doesn't sh- sound like it, it shouldn't. should. Yeah, that's oh, no. why I said I'm not telling you till I'm we're on air. I'm taking another sip because this is very interesting now. So um, there is a coconutty, grenadine drink called the Hello Dolly. Aw. And then the Jameson Caskmates is a whiskey that's been aged in an IPA cask, which is a very hoppy mm-hmm. beer. So we've got a hoppy... Hello, Dolly. And isn't this also... It's a happy Hello, Dolly. Oh, that's really cute. Uh Uh-huh. Dick, this is also two-thirds of an end of the world, I believe. Which is just all the booze mixed together. Which is just, yeah, like a Long Island iced tea without anything that's not hard. Without islands, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I guess I should have given you a heads up. Is it like rum, whiskey, and vodka? This is mainly alcohol, so... Oh, that is good to know, even though it's bright red. Yeah. It looks like it's mainly grenadine. This is uh, two ounces whiskey, one ounce rum, a half ounce grenadine. Cheers to the end of the world. Yep, cheers. Um, um, yeah, do yeah. We, should we give context or should we just... I don't know. Because we I, don't know what's happening. Yeah, no one really knows what's we happening. We like looked at Twitter briefly and said, I think we're under martial law now. And then, yeah. The event where, yeah. So martial law may have just been declared. It's a little unclear. We're going to figure it out after we record this episode. Yep. Um, yeah. That's all. We can't speak on it more. And yep. I guess if it's really bad, we might just not release this episode for a little bit. So I mean, yeah, we be... might just not be an internet or. Hey. Cool. So <laughs> while there is. So, okay, why, why, why do we keep talking about the end of the world? And. What's this Hello Dolly thing, and what's what's Hoppy got to do with it? Are, well, are we doing Zootopia? Well, <laughs> we are doing 
uh, two movies that face a world crisis, but not before you get like a taste of really like sweet love story first. So, like you get the sweetness and then you're told what it is and you're like, oh, excuse me? Um, Interesting. Anyway, anyway, but it's happy Hello Dolly because we're doing Happy Feet. Or Hoppy Feet. Hoppy Feet and Wally. Which features Hello Dolly all Prominently. Yeah. yeah. Very Ma- prominently. Makes me very happy. Yeah, it does make you very happy. It does. Um, Dick, why did we pair these movies together? Well, you wanted to. That's true. Why did I pair these movies together? You tell me. I'll answer you. Um, <laughs> so these are both movies that... Um, kind of have like surprise second slash third act. You go mm. into the movie um, thinking it's one thing and then half. So spoiler alert. <gasps> halfway yeah, if through. If you haven't seen these movies. Halfway through both of these movies just kind of take a hard left turn. Um, it's like, oh, uh, surprise. Also, the earth is dying and this is a movie about environmentalism now. I don't think that's as true of Wally. I was gonna say Wally seems like it's there from the beginning, and that then is does, true. And then does kind of a turn into nice stuff. Okay, so but they the, both do gigantic turns. Yeah, Happy Feet is more more of a sharp turn, but it's I, like eight sharp turns. I remember this is the first time that we've seen Wally together, and Aww. previous to this, I remember like your big takeaway from it was like, well, the second half of the movie was a totally different thing and yeah. I thought in part you meant some I, like heavy-handed yeah ecology. I, used to, I used to say that my least favorite Pixar movie was the second half of Wally. Um mm. I don't I don't necessarily still hold to that. You've seen the good dinosaur. Well yeah twice. I have. I have and I've seen cars. Mm. Uh and I haven't seen cars too and man hopefully I can stay innocent and pure <laughs> and never have to see any more of that franchise. But um yeah, I, I, and I, I still have problems with the second half of Wally, um, because it is very heavy-handed, and it's like, oh, I've got to go save the Earth now, environment. And not that I disagree with the cause of environmentalism, mm-hmm. um, just that I agree with. I also agree with the cause of. Uh, a light touch in in storytelling. Well, Dick, speaking of heavy-handed, shall we start with Happy Feet? Yes. Heavy-footed, heavy... Okay, let's talk about Happy Feet. What's your first experience with the movie Happy Feet? I hate it. My first experience with the movie Happy Feet... Sorry, I just got a emergency alert letting me know that there is a citywide curfew in effect. For New York? Yes. Not till 11, though. So. Well, that's more time than other people are giving. Yeah, that's something. Apocalypse is happening, y'all. Apocalypse now. I hope, I hope, hope uh, this episode gets released. So, um, happy. my first experience was watching it uh, yesterday weekend. Yesterday weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. I had probably seen previews. I had no desire to see it. And then you made me. What was yep. your first experience? What was your experience with Happy Feet? I saw Happy Feet, Feet, Feet. I was going to say theater. Happy Feet in the theaters. 
Um, I was very excited about the movie based on the one trailer of that tiny penguin tap dancing to Stevie Wonder. You love a like a tiny thing doing uh, a thing. Really fun. Yeah. Um, so I saw it in the theater. Uh, was confused by it, and I, I'm trying to think if I saw it a second time before. I don't know if this past viewing with you was my second or third time, because mm. I definitely owned the DVD, but also the first time I went to watch the DVD, it was broken. Oh. So I'm not sure if I got to see it a second time, but I do, what stuck out to me was like, oh, this is two completely different movies. They kind of jammed together in one uh, one feature. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, that still was true. Um, but it was just in different proportions than I had remembered. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to say, uh, in the future... Not uh, not in the near future, but another season from now, I would really love to pair Happy Feet and Small Foot because they have oh. they have some similar structures and some similar ideas, and one of them accomplishes it very well, and the other That's one is Happy Feet. You were also mentioning Fern Gully, so it yes. seems like we just have to do Happy Feet once a season now. Uh, yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> All right. I'm going to summarize Happy Feet. I'm taking it upon myself. Oh, please. Is I don't, that okay? I All don't. Right. <sighs> All right. Can we, can we just establish the main character's name before you start? I know Happy you have the Wikipedia. Feet, comma, happy. No. His name is my, oh, my Let's try microphone bumped. His name is? His name is Wally. I'm on the wrong Wikipedia you page. You are. His name is, I believe it's Mumble. Let's let's check. Mumble, no S. I'm sorry, what is his full name? Mumble. His full name. They call him Mumble Happy Feet sometimes. His name is Mumble Happy but Feet. Thank I, you. I don't see Thank any text-based evidence Asked in this Wikipedia. Answered. Mumble Happy Feet. It's just our, it's just That's hearsay. his name in the movie. It's like when I say Princess Tangle about Rapunzel, but it's not a joke. Yeah, you do say that. Because his name is Mumble Happy Feet. All right. <laughs> Two minutes on the cookie timer. Cookie timer clock. Here I go. And Baby Penguin born to a couple. Every penguin has a heart song, and that's how they find their mates. His dad drops his egg when he's being incubated, and Mumble comes out, and he's like mostly fine, but he doesn't have a heart song. All he can do is tap dance, and he's like pretty good at it for a penguin, I guess, but he has trouble connecting with other penguins and like being part of his community. And after people graduate from like Penguin High School, he kind of gets separated and ends up uh, sad because he's rejected by the penguin girl he likes and ends up with this colony of um, smaller penguins. And many of them are Robin Williams and they appreciate his dancing. That's great. And then they find this penguin that has uh, like uh, pop can rings on his neck. And there's all of these like clues that there might be aliens in Antarctica because there are big machines and there's like trash in the water that makes penguins choke uh turns out aliens are humans oh no they go on an adventure and they try to find the aliens and they go past a lot of antarctic creatures and mumble gets like captured or like flops himself onto i don't really know how it works but he ends up in a zoo like a human zoo and he gets really sad but he gets people's attention, like humans' attention at the zoo 
by tap dancing again. And he draws attention to his cause and he brings everyone back to his community to see like, no, look, you're eating all of our fish, but look, we can tap dance. And he has to kind of win over his penguin community because they don't really like tap dancing. They don't accept it. But um, eventually they all tap dance and the humans like that. And apparently they like stop overfishing. We don't really see what happens next, but we presume that the humans are going to treat them a little bit more humanely because now they see they can dance. They think they're peoples, just like us. Happy feet. Do you get that in under two minutes? Holy I sure cow. did. So the, the nice thing about happy feet is uh, the message is confusing and bad. <laughs> there are like at least three stories going on, and yet not very much happens in the movie. I was so bored throughout the first half hour of this movie because it was a penguin singing a song. Well, it starts... so the movie One, starts, one penguin at a time singing the song The movie for starts a with a bunch of penguins singing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they are each singing a different song. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being the, kind of this mashup. And we're mm-hmm. led to believe that this is all the penguins singing their heart songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. Each penguin sings one song. That's their song. And we're going to get like a lot of this cool, interesting music. But that doesn't happen ever again Well, in the movie. It kind of does, but it's immediately contradicted by the fact that Gloria, who ends up as Mumble's mate... Um, has like a different heart song when she's younger and then I guess it's still her heart song when she's older the boogie wonderland is her heart song oh by the way all these heart songs are actual pop songs from the last several yes, decades the penguins all sing pop songs like queen and prince and boogie wonderland That's rough. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't mind the musical numbers as much as you did those are like the only parts that I care about they in are. this movie I mean, and care is a relative term. Endless. Endless. The way I the way I describe this is that it was made pretty much squarely in the year, like in the halfway point between Moulin Rouge and Glee. And it and it shows what that whole decade was about. Like <laughs> once Moulin Rouge did the mashup, a lot of movies were like, I and can do that too. I didn't mind the one, the first mashup because mm-hmm. it was creatively done. The one with Mumble's parents. But then every other song was just a performance mm-hmm. by an animal. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know when you watch like a, a shitty Adam Sandler comedy and then at the end there's like a grandma who raps and you're like, whoa, rapping grandma. <laughs> like, that's cool once but this was like a whole movie of just now this grandma's gonna rap what except for it wasn't as funny as that that's what i'm saying is it's it's funny once yeah it's interesting once for a penguin to be singing yeah because then so gloria has the same she sings it when she's little boogie wonderland and then when she's older but in between she sings a different she sings she does somebody um, love. somebody to love yeah. like at their high school graduation party but all the other penguins sing it with her so i guess they can all sing yeah, whatever you they had want the, to you had the note of like 
is this penguin's heart song the backup uh yeah is he is is he <laughs> the a backup vocals vocalist? to somebody to love that's Be- that's his heart song <laughs> because we see that each penguin has their heart song yeah and then they go to school to learn how to sing their heart song, even though they already have to learn how to like extract the heart song from themselves. But I every guess. other penguin immediately has a heart song, right? Except for Mumble, he doesn't. He, he has a heart dances. tap. Yeah. Yeah. The okay note. Um, Savion Glover, amazing tap dancer and legendary performer, um, did mocap for at least mumble if not other penguins as well and he choreographed all the penguin tapping and you may know savian glover Mm -hmm. as a man with legs (laughs) instead of tiny feet that attach to a furry body that are in snow so you can't see the tap dancing yeah it's a little i could not muddled i asked you i was like is he a good tap dancer or a bad <laughs> tap dancer? I can't tell. So I think we're relying on like the musical rhythms that we hear because those are cool. Like the tap rhythms, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's the idea that like he's, it's composed. It's kind of a, a it, it ends up being more stomp based than like a typical tap performance. Yeah. But it, it also, sorry, I just no, it's okay. You had problems. I, air them out. Go. For we're it. not even. We're not even where we need to be for these. But it's also not clear to me what is diegetic and non-diegetic. Like in terms of the singing, the yeah. penguins sang a queen song, but when penguins sing to humans, the humans don't hear that. No, it's squawking. It's but this um, penguin that did a big fancy tap dance was actually doing a big fancy tap dance. And it's hard to know that. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, what can humans... So maybe so maybe tap is the universal language. Whoa, dance. That's the... Boom. Dance, the universal language. Boom. Message of the story here. All right. Also handshakes. Go ahead, Kate. Uh, well, you, you got anything else before we move on to Walbert? I don't. Let's, let's move on. Uh, wall, wall E, all capital letters. Yeah. Uh, I, when did you first see this? What's your history with Wally? I saw it in theaters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the beginning of it. I still think the beginning portion of Wally is some of the finest work Pixar has ever done. Mm. Uh, I hated the end of it. I now just dislike the end of it. That's that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if I saw this in theaters or not because this was really. This came out the summer that I was interning in New York um, between Mm. my junior and senior years of college. So I can't remember if I like went to the theater um, sometime that summer or whether I just caught it later. Um, But I saw it within the first year and have seen it probably a couple times since. I love this movie. I love I love the second half. I, I think it's fun. I think there's a lot of moments in the second half, and and I've kind of gone gone the other way where I'm like, no, the second half is half is brilliant, and then this time I'm like, oh, it's okay. It like, I think we kind of met each other halfway on this. Yeah, one. On this, yeah, yeah. On this viewing, on the second half I was of like, Wally. Oh, I see what Kate's saying, and then you were like, oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it was nice. Um, it, was fr- it was refreshing. But this is a good one. Like you're saying, it's what Pixar does best, and just 
pure visual storytelling, certainly in the first act of this movie. Um, And just the, like, who else can make, I mean, right? Like that robot with a finite number of moving parts on his head, Mm -hmm. way more expression than Mumble the Penguin. And like, I think those penguins were pretty good. They weren't like 2019 Lion King. Well, there were only three different penguins. Sure. There was Mumble... The fat one, and then every other adult penguin but was like, the same model. It, no, even if I couldn't tell what penguin it was, yeah, I knew if that penguin was sad. <laughs> they used like eyeballs and things, yeah. But no, but like Wally is more expressive than any. It's incredible. Wally, um, Wally picking up trash at the beginning of this movie is more captivating than 50 penguins doing a song and dance number. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's, that's, that's all fair. it comes down to. Like it's smart storytelling. It's patient storytelling. Like mm-hmm. they don't introduce, uh, like Wally saying a word until like half hour into the movie. Yeah. Like it's 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 so it's so patient it's so it's just masterful because you know what's happening mm-hmm. and then when his world gets shattered you know how shattered his world just got because you know what Wally's life is and he's like kind of content with it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so oh brilliant. he's so sweet oh yeah all right Dick I'm gonna put two minutes on the cookie timer all right you're gonna summarize Wally do you need any help with any of the names. Uh, there's Wally. Uh-huh. And then other characters. Correct. I'll do my best. All right. Here you go. Two minutes. Okay. So uh, Wally is a robot. He cleans up trash and he uh, likes Hello, Dolly. And that's all the plot of the first 30 minutes. And it's okay because it's so good. And then this other robot crash lands on this planet. And that robot's name is Eve. But... Uh, Wally calls her Eva because he's not good at talking. And Wally really wants to hold Eve's hand because he saw it in Hello, Dolly. And Eve is on a mission. And uh, Wally follows her around. And Eve uh, finds a plant. Or rather, Wally has found a plant and gives it to Eve. uh, And this completes Eve's mission, which causes Eve to go into like a hibernative state and get picked up by a spaceship. Wally's like, yo, my friend, you got to come back and hang out with me. And Wally gets onto the spaceship and tries to save Eve. Here comes a lot of plot for reasons. Uh, On the spaceship, there's a bunch of humans. And those humans are like kind of fat and lazy. They don't really talk to each other or look at each other. There's a captain on that spaceship. And he's like kind of a captain, but also his steering wheel seems to run things. Anyway, Eva has a plant in her and they get the plant out of her. And then they're like, hey, we're going to go back to Earth. And the captain's like, cool, we're going to do this. But the robot autopilot turns out he has secret instructions from the CEO of Earth who's like, hey... You can't go back. Uh, it, uh, the cleaning up didn't work. That's Fred Willard. It's awesome. It is Fred Willard. And so the captain has to beat up the steering wheel, and Wally has to f- f- uh, help Eve, and Eve has to get Wally a new like microchip, and then they all go to Earth together, and people hold hands. They sure do hold hands. 
The simplicity of the first half <laughs> is my favorite part. I understand. I love the reveal. Though. I mean, you're getting hints in that first 30 minutes. There's yeah. like some old uh, Fred Willard CEO clips playing. Of yeah. When, so he's like the CEO of By and Large. By and Large, right? the company it, like, that... So it's, it's, it's basically Amazon uh, yeah. before like the 2008... The which prediction was Walmart, of Am- I think. Yeah, yeah, which is like Walmart, but but yeah, he's he's the CEO of a company. So all the people on the ship. So, so it seemed to take based on right, like based on his backgrounds, it seemed like the company pretty much took over Earth, like replaced government. Sure. Um, and then they made too much trash because they were a consumer economy. Yeah. And then several ships went up into space for a five-year cruise, right? Like, that's what you're getting kind of foreshadowed in this first part. Right. But that reveal later on, spoilers, that um, this ship has been now running for 700 years, I just thought was so cool. Like, I I liked the dystopian reveals Mm. in that second half, and maybe it's, you know, where I was in 2008. Like, um, But I just thought it was so cool. Like, I don't really know... What's happening on this weird desert planet yeah. that, oh, is Earth. And then I don't oh. know what's happening in this spaceship. Like, there's all of this mystique and then slowly the pieces come together and you realize what's happened. And and, and I'll, I'll be with you that maybe it's not quite as, like, fantastic of a story once it's all put together of, like, what actually happened. Yeah. But I like the reveals. And for me, on the first watch, that was what made the second half so fun. So interesting is that I did not consider this film to have reveals. Because, mm. of course, it's Earth. Yeah, yes. And like, I guess, of course, it's Earth. Like, but, of like, course, why aren't the people there? Of course, it's been hundreds of years. Look how much trash this robot has cleaned up. Yeah, but you see all those, like, robots that don't work anymore. Yeah. You don't know what pace they were going at before. Oh, I. Th- so to me, that was a story of, like... This is the lone survivor on this planet. There's Wally, there's a cockroach, and nothing else because mm-hmm. it's been that long. Mm, okay. Like that's kind of the the narrative that I took from that. Mm-hmm. So when it was like, oh, we've been up here 700 years, I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. I saw the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I really like some of the ideas in this movie, and I wish they were either carried out further or made a little more specific. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea of the by and large CEO kind of being in charge of humanity, mm-hmm. but is he in charge of humanity? Was that just like a company town is, is that just the ships America? Were by and large. Yeah. Are there right? So like there's, um, there's a, a video game that I've, started playing twice and uh, i will get through it um called uh the outer worlds and uh in outer worlds um space exploration and colonization is handled by different companies rather than like countries or anything so you don't like you know you don't pledge allegiance to the flag of america Mm -hmm. you pledge allegiance to the flag of you know by and large or whatever yeah. and it it has a lot of interesting things to say about uh, privatization and uh, about 
commoditization and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, where I feel like Wally kind of gets to like a, oh, these people are fat and lazy when it's like, it's not their fault they're fat and lazy. They were, they were like, they are operating under false pretenses because they were tricked into staying up in space for 700 years. Do you like think generations were, of them? This is neat. So my read is that they just didn't find plants for 700 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it's necessarily tricked. It's just Earth is uninhabitable until we find green. And so, like, they thought it was going to be five years, but... They thought it was going to be five years, but we do see that the CEO sent a message while he was alive. That's true. Saying, hey, you know what? The cleanup isn't working. You guys can't come home. But none of the people on the spaceship were aware of that. Right. Well, it says go into autopilot, and so the machines take over. Right. So... This, so it could have been that other Evas had come back in those 700 years. That I mean, that could be, but it also could be that the Earth hasn't been habitable since then. Mm-hmm. But no one knew that. Uh-huh. They never, like, the CEO said, you know, keep this secret. And, like, so these people were, like, living their life on this ship thinking, like, oh, we're just waiting for a rescue thing and then we'll go back to Earth mm-hmm. or whatever. And like that was never the case. They, they needed to start rebuilding society, but they were under the impression that they their job was something else. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I, I guess I really want more of that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the people like be a little upset about that. But if that's all you've, I mean, it's 700 years, yeah. they and their like six great grandparents grew up on that ship. Yeah. So it's, so I think for me, that's something that's interesting too, of like this place that like maybe we've heard about, but like yeah. it's never been, it's never been accessible to write to me or any of yeah. my family whose name I know. And then all of a sudden this opens up this kind of like eden like idea yeah of like oh we can go i mean you you see the uh the pilot of the ship kind of go through all of this like what 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 is earth what right. what is sea what right. is plant like they don't even know those terms yeah but it's neat that like they kind of have these instincts that once they are told about it they're like oh yeah i guess we should do this yeah. like <laughs> Yeah. So that's neat. I think it I think it's there's something to say about like nature and nurture and kind of right instincts right. versus And I do think I do think it's interesting uh and I I think I just I feel like for this this captain story who's like kind of a secondary main character for a while so you mean like the jeff garland character not yeah. the fred willard yeah yeah the cap the jeff garland who i thought was seth rogan character um he i feel like we don't get to spend enough time with him for his payoff to really work mm. i want him to like be like I, f- I feel like i want more of him than Hmm, Earth is neat. Let's do it. Yeah. I want like a, 
no, I can't do that. Or, oh, that sounds really hard. We shouldn't do that. Like, I want like a little refusal or a little fear or, or something. Yeah. Again, I I feel like I'm nitpicking this movie because I've had the argument about Wally a lot. <laughs> I think a lot of it with you. Um, but I, I, I really, for the way the first half of the movie tells me everything I need to know without saying anything. Yeah. For the second half of the movie to then tell me everything, it kind of bums me out. Yeah, I I, I definitely see that, yeah. and it and it tells more than what I had remembered too. So, if that if the setup doesn't maybe quite pay off in the second and third acts of Wally, yeah, let's look back at Happy Feet. Yes, a much better. Film. What is being <laughs> what is being set up? And what pays off, if anything? And I guess the larger question is, what went wrong? Australian. <laughs> I know Australians Austra- trying to do their environmentally friendly <sighs> movies. I, I like Australians. up with I know some miscast Robin Williams. I like spending Australians. Spending too much time in a role. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's Fern Gully. It's, yeah. it's a movie with Australians. Trying to tell an environmental message along with Robin Williams, and it. But Fern Gully sticks to one message, right? <laughs> like Fern Gully yeah. is a mess, but it's a different kind of mess yeah. than Happy Feet, which doesn't even introduce what ends up being like yeah. the main story. Well, Happy Feet. I guess the end story. Happy Feet ends at like the forty-five minute. Yeah, mark. it does. This is. It's like. Every Marvel movie, or basically now like every blockbuster movie, uh, they they do one movie and then they're like, well, I guess we got time. Let's do another movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it like ha- Happy Feet McStuffins is, <laughs> McStuffins. what's his name? Mumble, Mumble, Mumble McHappy Feet. Mumble McHappy Feet. Is uh, a penguin who can't sing. He can only dance. And he's not sure if he can find love because penguins find love through singing. And then he goes on a journey and then he comes back and then he dances. And then the, the what's her name? Gloria, mm-hmm. the penguin that he fancies. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. Let's, let's do this. Her heart song matches well with his tap rhythms and, mm-hmm. and it works. And they pair off and then there's a big dance number. And the movie should be over then. Because everything, like, there's like a tiny little thing that hasn't been resolved, which is like he saw a crane at some point and didn't know what it was. Well, and uh, like, have so before we get into the second movie with that crane, even in the first movie, there's a little bit of um, like his community still doesn't accept his dancing, right. and his father still doesn't accept his dancing. So there's right. like. I can see if this isn't the end of a movie, as long as it continues to be the same movie, I think there is a little bit more story to tell and, then, and the like, stakes are higher. Gloria and... works with him to change everyone's right, mind. Right. This is a movie about a penguin who cannot sing and can only dance. He is different in a way that is not already accepted by his community. Yeah. And he needs to overcome those the, the prejudices and the stigma to be who he truly is. And then... <laughs> And then the 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 director who is it, you know George. 
Oh God! Yeah, it's George it's Mad Max, right? It's George Miller, yeah. one of the most brilliant action directors of all time. He does not need to do animation. He is the one that said he's like, well, we pretty much had this movie figured out. But then I said, you know, it's Antarctica. We can't not talk about like uh, the environment when we're in Antarctica. Yeah, and uh, he. Uh, so and in he, the, he followed through on that. He couldn't in, not talk about it, and then it became like, half of the content of the movie. Yeah. In the first act, or the first half, or whatever, they mention that there's, like, some overfishing. Or they don't They just, like, our fish are, haven't been here so much. Right. And they're like, well. There's some animals with some human, uh, like, artifacts on them. Like, either they, they've been, like, tagged for science, mm-hmm. or there's the, there's the pop can thing. Yeah, and. And it's like, that's something that I would not be surprised for a movie just to throw in. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. okay. I feel like that happens in Finding Nemo where like a bird has a thing on him or something. I don't know. But it's not, it's not presented as a big, it's, it's, I did not see it as an important part of the movie. Yeah. It was not presented that way because the most important part of the movie was the singsin and the dancin the happy feet the titular happy feet so then <laughs> what oh my god wait what happens so there is some so, there are some hints and i, I happy <laughs> mumble mumble happy feet decides to leave i think he's more like shunned essentially like right, he's he's less harshly shunned by his peers but they're like uh, we're not going to interact with you so he just kind of floats off he's like excommunicated kind of yeah from penguin land and then he goes to a different penguin land where he meets a like a um, robin williams doing like a mexican accent yeah and robin williams doing like a very white very white accent and um, I, th- his, I think the like this, the whole second act is really unclear. I think, or like why it's there is unclear. I think his goal is if I can figure out what's eating the fish, yeah. I can save my community, and, and it they'll won't, accept, and me they'll again. accept me again. So then he's on that quest. He quickly casts off Gloria for. Yeah. So reasons. part of this adventure, like halfway through this new adventure. That scene that you're talking about happens where he does like tap and Gloria falls in love with him. Yeah. They're going to mate and then he has to go on an additional adventure. No, he gets, he gets like excommunicated. Wait. Oh my God. No, he meets Barry White Penguin twice. Yeah, that's fair. The first time he doesn't get the information that he needs because the guy's like, nah, no aliens. I don't know what you're talking about. The first time he gets excommunicated, then he comes back, he does the tappy dance. Gloria, Gloria falls, falls in love, in love with and him. she's like, "I'm with you. I'm going to solve this case with you," but he's but like, then, "No, it's too dangerous." Yeah, he like and does leaves. like a Harry and the Hendersons. I don't love you. I never loved you. Well, no, hold on, because he gets like kicked out again. Oh yeah, and he gets clicked. Yeah, for dancing. And then, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she comes and meets him. Right. In like other she penguin land, him. and he's like, "I go away. I don't like you." Yeah, I'm. I would not be surprised if that scene was thrown in there because they like forgot about her and had animated the last part of the movie without her, and we're like, oh, 
Now we need a way for her to not be in those scenes that we already animated. George, so- George, uh, <laughs> George, we got a problem. We for we, we forgot uh, the scenes too many times. And uh, girl, girl penguin uh, <laughs> was following him into Act Two, and then we animated all of Act Two, two without her. Like it's not even. Oh. Yeah, Act Five. Act Five. Yeah, this, this is-, is almost a two-hour movie. It's, this is 150, I believe. It's ridiculous. Wally's 140, and that like this movie is longer than Wally. It's almost as long as Star Wars. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. So, Mumble McHappy Feet. Uh huh. Goes with his problematically voiced problematic friends, penguin friends, and they discover more and more clues, and then he comes back a third. No, that's only after he gets captured for the zoo. And then they go through like some elephant seals to the end of the world where he finds a boat. Mm -hmm. There's like an icebreaker boat, a butt. And then he gets caught in like a fishnet. I think he ends up in a zoo. What's important is that he ends ends up up in in a a zoo. zoo. And so then when so then when he comes back to his colony. To be Hold like, on. hey guys, he's in the zoo. We already did the cookie timer okay. summary. They know this part. I just, I, I know you're trying to figure it out. I for don't yourself. know this part. You're trying to parse through. No, that's fair. That's fair. What happens is that it, it, there's an it, there's like an interesting scene that brings it all together. That in this movie, yes, oh. that they didn't do anything with after the moment. Oh, there's like that moment where the the grumpy penguin king, like. Says like you and your like different feet and your foreign friends, um, you're the reason that we don't have any fish. Mm. And Mumble's like, no, it's something bigger. So like, I think at that point you're like, is this about Brexit? And it's like, no, this was 2006. Like, yeah, because, well, because the there was like this conversation where like some of the penguins are dancing and some of the penguins are just chanting, and the chanting penguins are like. He says the word remain like several times. And I'm mm-hmm. like, are, are we talking about voting rem- about remaining in the EU? What's what's this? What's this supposed to be? But no, it's just unclear. So there's a glimmer of a very complex idea that is actually now more relevant than ever that mm-hmm. like these outcasts of the community are being scapegoated for something that they refuse to understand right. that's bigger than all of them. Right. right? Like, like... <laughs> Like it's, all the things. The, the gays and the immigrants are uh, <laughs> why we keep uh, getting the flooded. The gays are taking our job. Nope, nope it's climate change. Like, mm. um, So there's there's a seed of an idea there, but they never tie it together. And it's not even, I had, what I learned in this viewing of it is, in my mind, it was very like, first half, penguins sing and dance. Second half, the environment. And they're just like kind of scattered in between like a drunk checkerboard um and that made it worse too yeah because like anytime it came back to like oh i'm interested in this mumble relationship with his family and community then it would take us out again and uh, anyway or there'd just be a dance about it so i think point wally for kind of even if it's heavy-handed Kate, in the second all half the, all the between it's all these woven two, together all the points to wally all the points to come on <laughs> Plus, it has Hello Dolly, your faves. You know what? I 
I it was very bad on stage. It it was not fun to watch. I want to believe them. Bernadette move. Peters, great. That show still wasn't what, what we fun could to see watch. of her. Yeah, uh, because she was staged so that anyone in the cheap seats couldn't see her half the time. <laughs> uh, but I I still hold that the movie is probably serviceable. So it's got I, it's got an extra song written just for Babs. The oh hello Dolly, not Wally. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Hello Wally. Right. Oh. Uh, Barbara Streisand does not uh, sing an original song for Wally, but no, she but should. Prince sings an original song for Happy Feet. Yes, he Before does. Before we come back there, Dick, tell us about how. So, one specific, like two songs from Hello Dolly are used? Because what's that slower yeah, one? Yeah, so it's um, Put on Your Sunday Shoes. Uh-huh. And then. Um, Oh god! It's not. It only takes a moment. It's um. It's the hands holding one. Yeah, hold on. I'll look up the title. Yeah, of it's it. okay. Um, and this is the only non-score music in the movie. It's a Pixar, mm-hmm. so the characters aren't singing. Um, and so it's an interesting choice to have the only me- and the the conceit is that Wally is a collector of garbage he thinks is interesting as he's like sorting it and packing it. And one of the things he has in his like uh, aerial secret grotto of a trash compactor home is a VHS of Hello Dolly, yeah. or maybe a H. I don't know how. That's no, a VHS yeah. um, that he just watches on repeat, yeah. and maybe just the specific scene he watches on repeat. I believe the song is called "Love Is Only Love." Oh, good. Uh huh. I'm glad someone took the time to write that title. Oh yeah. Um. So what, okay, as someone who is more familiar with Hello, Dolly, because, like, my mind just blacked out uh, as we watched that show. I understand. Uh, why do you think that was the choice that the music people and the director chose for Wally? I mean, so there, there's a couple things, I think. One, it's um, old-fashioned and optimistic. So it kind of doesn't give you a vibe of the year mm. which I, I think is okay one of the things i really like about wally is it's not like 2477 it's it does do that once but does it what year is it um it's like 2110 i think when they leave earth or shortly after like it's referenced somewhere with fred willard that when like, they leave earth yeah but like we don't know i guess well, we, could we do, do the know math. now but i guess yeah. we could do the math but yeah, um, I like I like that uh, I'm kind of left going. Uh, okay, is this an alternate Earth? Uh, like at that time, yeah. Right, like it, it reminds me. I'm just gonna keep going back to video games. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the Fallout series, which is one of my favorite series of games, except for Fallout Tactics, and uh, to an extent, Fallout Four. Anyway, Fallout Boy. Uh, Fallout uh, Boy is named after the Fallout. No, uh, is it? Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, f- I thought uh, I was making a joke. No, Pip Pip Boy is a thing from Fallout, so they huh. kind of combine those. Well, I believe. Okay, well that's canon now. It's canon, um, and that's canon. So, uh, yeah, Fallout uh, is set in the post-apocalypse, and. The apocalypse happens in like the nuclear age of like the 50s, 60s. So all of the music in this kind of 
weird retro future wasteland is like from the 40s and 50s Mm. so even though it sounds like old music it's like the newest music they have so wally kind of made me think about that it kind of made me think oh where where are we where is society is this like he's got a vhs he's got a vcr right so Mm -hmm. i know kind of like it we at least got to the 1980s but like like where where did we get when did this happen yeah that's right and also like if it happened in 2110 why does he still have a vcr did wally rob a museum um but it's really interesting and i I think it really sets a, a good tone the other thing about hello dolly is that it is if not the last it's it's one of the last big budget like mgm musicals i mean it was the one that made them stop making musicals right because yeah. it did so poorly yeah yeah um and it's optimistic in a way that i think um media isn't anymore mm-hmm. generally it's like love's the only thing and that's all and we're not worried about anything else even though this is set uh in the like 1800s and there's massive inequality all over everyone's happy everyone's smiling so there's like an optimism to Hello Dolly, mm-hmm. which I think sets really nicely against this incredibly stark backdrop of it Wally. Is, it's a creepy. It's how the movie begins. Yeah, um, is with this Hello Dolly soundtrack and this like forgotten apocalyptic land. It's very creepy and very cool. Which is how every Fallout trailer has gone hey. uh, ever, and it it's great. Yeah, and I I said it in Wally. I'm like. Yeah, I, I don't care. Uh, happy song over, a happy song or a sweet song over a post-apocalyptic landscape. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time works for me. Love it. Yeah, and I think there's something in the you know put on your Sunday shoes is a big old ensemble number where mm-hmm. everyone's like dancing together and holding hands, which is the stark opposite of what's happening inside the Axiom mm-hmm. ship with everyone like just isolated in their own little screen helmets. And, yeah, yeah. So, um, Dick, you you did a great job explaining why Hello Dolly is in Wally. Thank you. Uh, you want to tell me just some thoughts on like why? Oh, like tell me something good, somebody to love. I wish jump and move, do it again, Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My way in Spanish. Um, oh, Kiss, yeah. Heartbreak Hotel, Boogie uh-huh. Wonderland. I mean, that all makes sense in Happy Feet in the same general way that Hello, Dolly makes sense in Wally, right? Well, I mean, let me ask you this. <laughs> what um, what company put out Happy Feet? I believe it was Warner Brothers. Warner so Brothers. So it's probably a bunch of people and let in me, Warner Brothers Hold on, music. let me ask you this. What label are Prince, the Beach Boys? Are they all Warner I, Brothers? I assume so. Yeah. Otherwise, why, did, why have so much licensed music? Yeah. So much of it. Yeah. Like nonstop. At least it made a little bit more sense than like Megamind's licensed music. I mean, where Meg- it's like Megamind had a conceit, but they never told you about it. But it's like Megamind is, lis- Megamind is listening to ACDC. Right. That is why we're playing ACDC. Yeah. Whereas like, like these are all heart songs. Like, kind of. It's neat. Like if you saw Moulin Rouge and you thought it was cool and you're like, oh, I'm reading Penguins Have Heart Songs. <laughs> 
They can see in the dark. They're blind when they're born. No, I, it's rage itself. Kit, I like Moulin Rouge, and I'm entertained by cats. Do not compare either to this movie. The movie bummed me out. Uh, one thing that's interesting that both of these movies do, if you don't mind me just completely jumping. No, go for it. Uh, is they have regular degular humans. Oh, yeah. And I think they both have animated humans. as well. Like Wally, for sure, has videos of humans. I think in both cases they are like a lightly mo-capped, like lightly skinned. Sure. Um, human, but they look very much like humans. Like, like they don't look like Pixar humans. They for, don't look like Andy in Toy Story. At, at least in they look like faces. At least in Happy Feet, they are. It is credited as like they are not credited as like animated humans. But I think, but I think they are like. Sorry, I I may be remembering something different. I may be remembering some Wally credits because mm. I feel like I saw. I guess maybe those were like the motion capture capture tap dancers. Yeah. But like there was a whole list and I thought it said like mocap human division, but maybe I misread maybe. or Anyway, yeah. there's there's regular looking humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Willard is definitely just it's a video of yeah, Fred, Fred Willard. Fred Willard is just video. With a light effect on it. But it's it. like grainy and yeah. Um so you see a actual human yeah and then you see these cartoon blob humans is there any disconnect for you in wally so i liked i so i think these movies use use this function somewhat similarly Mm -hmm. is that it's like somewhat for shock value that like you are encapsulated in this world and then especially for happy feet i think the first time you see humans is when he's in the zoo he's so it's a zoo. totally like he's looking disorienting. through the glass at them yeah. yeah so it's disorienting for mumble it's disorienting for you as a viewer and i actually think it works there where i'm like oh i'm in a different i mean had the movie not already changed courses like seven times before this point it'd if be the, like oh this the is the movie in- interesting been effective leading up to that scene right. yeah right yeah. so i noticed though in wall e there's right like the you said humans are like in the video segments mm-hmm. more so so i noticed that i guess starting with fred willard so there's the sequence of portraits of captains of the ship over mm-hmm. the 700 years they go from like mocap human right to computer animated to more and more animated yeah um and they get doughier and they get like bone loss and thing right I think that's a neat, I'm not sure that it's like 100% successful, but I like the metaphor as like, you know, and in those pictures too, the sequence, the steering wheel, the kind of like Hal gets larger and larger in each part, like it comes closer and closer to the human as if to suggest on parallel tracks, like the more, the, the more we disconnect from where we are from and the more we allow technology to be in charge the less human we become Mm. right again it's a little heavy-handed um and it's spelled literally it's like pictorially spelled out in those portraits and it's not necessarily the message of the movie i think it is a message of the movie it's a possible message of the movie. one one thing that did kind of frustrate me when this movie came out is people are like oh then it's just about the environment in the second half and i'm like 
I'm not sure that's true. I think it's about connection. Like, I think there is a strong theme. You know, it's in that hand-holding kind of symbol. There's a strong theme of, like, we're losing connectedness. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that's the reason that the Earth is trashed and there's no more plant life on it. But, you know, the only way they're going to be able to rebuild the Earth is by working together, by getting out of their Google Glass. (laughs) Um you know, getting out of our, what are those vehicles? They're like car seats for adults. Oh, yeah. um, cribs. We're calling them cribs. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting out yeah. of our pods um, because it is easy. I mean, we're we're in quarantine right now. We're still recording in quarantine. And, you know, we've talked about this is that one of these, one of the things that this is showing is that a lot more people can work from home than what institutions would have us believe. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's really great. Like, we can save on commuting, and people don't have to use cars as much, and it's good for the environment, and your time is your own, and you don't feel like you have to put in this exact amount of time at work. And It's awesome. Yeah. For, and I think it is awesome for a lot of people, but it's like how much, when quarantine is lifted, and say, we're still working at home because people have just figured out that it's more cost efficient and everything. When do we go out and connect to people or does it become habit because it's easier to just, well, I'm already at my desk. I'll just order in Mm. and I'll do like kind of that. I'm not saying that the slippery slope would happen right away because I think when quarantine ends, people are going to want to see each other and then, yeah, then we're going to have to be in quarantine again. But, you know, (laughs) speaking, speaking for me, that's like the, like the, like the dystopia in my mind of like the end like the end result of all this, yeah. like literal insulation of our lives, is that like how soon are we the Wally squishy Sp- people? Speaking for me and no one else, um, I am really excited to continue working from home and never go to an office again. I am also very excited to go out for drinks after work with my office mates. Yeah. And see my friends because I'm not exhausted from being on a train. Absolutely. Or any of that sort of stuff. Right. Like, for for me, this is, I will see my friends more, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. High hopes. But it's, but it's interesting, right? Because the a thesis of this movie is that you can't get as much done isolate. Like, there are certain things maybe... That you can't get done, like rebuilding a planet Earth, if you aren't together. Um, and I wonder the. I'm I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. Cool. But hey, you know what? Anyway, holding hands is nice. Yeah, hold my hand. Huh? Yay! Aww. We live together. We can do that. We do. We don't have to social. Distance. One more thing about the movie, okay. or about the music, because yeah. I feel like you're you're wrapping up. Yes, I fine. am. Um, <laughs> I will say that the wild uh, diversity of the music used in Happy Feet, I think I understand the premise of like, there is, right, like, um, what is the song called that it's, it's like a jungle sometimes? It makes me wonder. Don't push me because I... What is the actual title of that song? It, anyway, so there's like hip hop in it and there's pr- like... The Mumble's mom and dad use uh, Kiss by Prince and Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis and they sing to each other. There's, right? So there's like rock and roll and there's uh, like 80s and there's disco and there's hip hop. And so it 
it feeds into this fact that every penguin has a different personality mm-hmm. and that it's not you don't have to sing the same song you have to sing a song that like you have to sing your song fits with someone else's song in a harmonious mm. way i like that idea i don't think it is used to any sort of like a uh, greater effect but i that that is one uh, a point i will give to the otherwise seemingly random and chaotic soundtrack is that they're all very different songs for very different penguins. I I think that's fair. So wrapping up. So, hey, Kate, it's time for the final cut. We're going to wrap this up. You sure ready? Mm-hmm. Kate. Yeah. Scene shout out. Mm-hmm. Pick a scene from. Start with Wally. Pick a scene from Wally. Yeah. Scene that you thought was very effective. Yeah. Shout it out. Go. My favorite scene in Wally, and it is. Because of earlier scenes, um, my favorite scene in Wally is when the the human woman Mary, um, Wally like bumps into her at some point, asks to get past her to get to Eva, and it ends up like deactivating her technology shield, mm-hmm. and she is seeing the spaceship for the first time. It's like we have a pool. What is mm-hmm. this? And then as she's like traveling around the ship and exploring. There's a scene later that she bumps in to another human you've met, John, deactivates his space shield. Yeah. And then they're looking at Wally and Eva dancing in space together, and then they bump hands. Yeah. And then they, like, hold hands. And so it's this lovely, like, you know, using that motif and coming back. But that that's why I can't discredit the second after this movie, because it's like, oh, they are literally connecting for the first time in their lives. You no. see how the babies are raised on this ship. Like, they may be the first humans in 500 years to touch hands, right? Like, we don't know how babies are made in this universe. I but, was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's not totally clear, but yeah. But, like, how powerful of a moment mm-hmm. that is that this is what Wally wanted all along because he saw, you know, Barbara Streisand or whatever uh, hold a hand. <laughs> like, this robot wants that, and then these humans don't even know that they were missing it. I just love it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, cool. That's a very well-explained Hands. thing. Um, my, <sighs> this is hard, because I just want to shout out everything that happens in Wally until Eva lands. Mm. That's what I'm doing. I'm shouting out everything that happens in Wally until Eva lands. Mm. That's my scene. You have a moment that like <sighs> if someone's like why do you like that? You're like, "Oh, for example, it doesn't have to be the be all end all no, moment." That's fair. That's fair. All right. All right, here's my moment. Um Wally gets back to his ship after a long day of work. Mhm. He uh, unpacks his lunch pail, mm-hmm. and it's just stuff he found that he has, for some reason, mm-hmm. decided is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also trash. He's been compacting trash all day, yeah. and he saves pieces of trash that he thinks are important for some reason, like mm-hmm. a boot. What's he going to do with a boot? What is a boot for for him? Dunno. He's found a boot. Yeah. Um, he found a hubcap that he's that he's kind of like using as a hat to be a Hello Dolly dancer. Uh-huh. Um, but there's just like a, a lot of items that he has decided are important. 
and and I think it's really interesting to look at and think. Why 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 did Wally decide that was important? Because, you know, it takes time to to animate something. It takes time mm-hmm. to storyboard something. So, <clears throat> presumably, 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 uh, whatever animator or, or or storyboard artist or whatever did did figure that out. Yeah, they did had reasons for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I just find that really interesting. It really really sweet because you kind of see the innocence of Wally. He's he's very childlike there. Yeah, being like. I found this thing. It's important. Yeah. Um, just like when I was a kid and I found a shiny rock and I was like, this rock is the most important thing so important. in my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Kate, a shout out to saying from Penguins of Madagascar. Happy feet. Happy feet of Madagascar. The Christmas special of the Penguins of Madagascar. Very funny. Penguins of happy feet. Um, is the how the scene starts? Uh, Mumbles, baby penguin. It's the beginning to "I Wish" by Stevie Wonder, um, and Mumble, baby penguin. He's still a baby at this point. Um, he's like uh, very sad because he can't do a heart song, and he's very sad because this thing that happens with his feet, no one will pay attention to him for, and people think it's weird, and they're trying to teach it out of him. And he goes out to this like little cliffside and he just starts tapping and it just starts with like and then the Stevie Wonder song comes under for mm-hmm. reasons, right? But then you get this wonderful little penguin dance with these little like bustling feet. And I understand that I, I understand all your problems with like the can they tap well or not. I can't see but his, his feet. But his little arms are flapping and he does like moves and he does like poses and it's so cute the choreography when that trailer came out i like watched it over and over and oh and it is something that's still like if i'm having a bad day it's one of those videos i can pull back from like my just mental archives and it makes me smile every time kate if i were to ask you to tell to tell the audience your top two favorite dancers of all time who would you say uh, Baby Mumble Penguin. Incorrect, but And sure. Mickey Mouse. Uh-huh. And Detective Pikachu. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, they all do some really good uh, footwork. Yeah. Kate uh, knows, yeah. Uh, to an extent at least, the phantasmic choreography from the light show that closes, or the fireworks and mm-hmm. light show that closes uh, Hollywood Studios. And I believe Disneyland as well. And Disneyland. Um, uh, which Mickey Mouse yeah. does. And... She learned the Detective Pikachu exercise video. I believe we have already talked about the Detective Pikachu exercise video on this show. It deserves as many mentions as we can give it. Let's mention it every episode. Great. Great. It's great. Just little fuzzball. But that's a specific, yeah, that Detective Pikachu and the mumble dance are very specific. Like little fuzzy guys lifting their limbs as high as they can, which is not very far. Not very high. Oh. Yeah. That's great. Dick, what's your favorite scene of Happy Feet? I thought you'd forget. Scene shout out. Ugh. Uh, okay, my you my... didn't care about that scene, so I know I'm not stealing it from you. No, I'm just having a blast over here, and you're just kind of <laughs> looking at me like I was like, "What in the? Oh, this oh. is your favorite scene. Uh oh, I'm in trouble." Like, <laughs> yeah, you were like, "It doesn't get better than this." <laughs> yeah, you told me that movie was gonna have a big change in the middle, and I was like, 
oh, so it's going to get good in the middle. And no. you're like, no. Uh-oh. Like the singing and dancing is the good part. If you don't like it, you're out of luck. There's a scene where Mumble, mm-hmm. Happy Feet. Mumble, Happy Feet. They do refer to him by the name Happy Feet several times. Unclear yeah. whether it's a nickname. They call, No, they say like Mr. Happy Feet or something. Which sounds like a nickname. And then they say Mumble Happy Feet as yeah. if it's his last name. It is his last name. But it's not Memphis Happy his Feet or Norma His name is Mumble Jean. Happy Feet. Great. Canon. Thank you. So, um, there's a scene. I don't remember where it happens. I guess when he's like first exiled or runs away, he's being chased by a seal. Mm-hmm. And it's very frightening because the seal is very fast. Yeah. And has a very big mouth. Yeah. And then Mumble jumps up Dinosaur. onto the ice and he meets um, Robin Williams doing a Cheech Marin impression. Yeah. And they kind of do a thing where they're like, aha, we are on land. The seal is stronger in the water, but we are stronger on land. So they like kind of make fun of him for being slow and they Uh kind of mock him and then he ends up back in the water so uh, that i liked that because it was the first thing that happened in the movie and i liked that yeah it's the first genuine laugh it's the first laugh but it's also like there's some action right there's some excitement there's introducing characters in like an interesting way like we've never met these guys before and this is what we're being shown about them so yeah. yeah. I will also give a, a tiny shout out to the scene with the orcas later. It doesn't make a lot of sense because the orcas have penguins in their mouths and it seems like they want to eat and them. And they still can't eat. They're just bad at eating. And they like spit them out. It's unclear. But they're uh, animated to look very scary and it's very effective. They look really cool. Yeah. yeah. Like very scary, but also like... What do we know orcas from? Like SeaWorld right. and Free Willy. So I'm yeah. like, oh, an orca. Oh, yeah, they have teeth. Oh, yeah, like, they eat things. It's like, oh, so cute. Yeah, they're like very like, like panda majestic, fish. <laughs> but also intimidating. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's what good. about you, Kate? I already said. I'll do another Would one. you like me to describe that scene again? No. Because you loved it so much. No. Dick, Never. if you were to declare an MVP of these. A most valuable penguin. Fancy footwork. Tread work movies. Yeah. What would you what would you name? Okay, so my MVP of these two movies, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not gonna name the one I thought I was gonna name, mm. is gonna be Mr. Thomas Montgomery Newman. Uh oh. Tom Newman was the composer for Wally. Oh. He made gorgeous music throughout. I thought it was Giacchino. Nice. Mm-mm. And uh, yeah, he did. He did just absolutely beautiful music yeah. throughout. He managed to keep the score sparse enough um, when the world was sparse that it didn't like override anything. Mm-hmm. I was never distracted by it, but I did notice a couple of times um, bringing in uh themes from hello dolly Mm -hmm. into both the score and like the special effects um like there was a robot that went beep 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 beep, Uh which is great and and i love when a a, when a film does that in a creative way so tom newman 
Mm-hmm. Good job. What about you? It's a good ensemble, uh, you know, a good ensemble work on Wally. Like everything works together so well. I'm gonna just uh, my heart uh, is giving it to Fred Willard. Yeah. Um, Fred Willard's the best, and we were we were like sad. I feel like it's it's maybe one of the first um, like celebrity passings that like both of us as a couple were like, oh, like <laughs> Fred, yeah. right? Because like it's like some like like you know musician that you know or some actor that I know, but it's just like, like ten, oh, ten different wrestlers that I know. Yeah, like they die a lot. Yeah, well, so bummer. They have a hard job. Yeah. Um, Fred Willard is great in this movie. Like yeah. he's used, like he's used sparingly. But he makes the most out of every scene he's in, even if it's just Wally passing by a screen of him saying, what What was the pun he made? Oh, God, It was God, like a fantastic. It was something slightly better than that, but just as yeah. cheesy. Um, and he just delivers it like a Fred Willard. Like, you get to see the Fred Willard, everything is okay, and you're not going to see any of my incompetence here. No, you're not. And then you see like the Fred Willard having a breakdown later. Well, it's great. Everything's not okay. Uh, yeah, Fred Willard is a genius. Uh, and he, I, I feel like it's um a works well with Muppet situation mm, that like his live action does not seem out of place in an animated movie. No. Yeah. So I mean that's that's you know good technical integration and good direction and good everything, but but also just, the strength of the the actor. Yeah. yeah. Go Fred Willard. Oh man. Rest in peace to a real one. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like one of the few good parts of Space Force. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great in that show. That Space not, Force, not a great show. Not wonderful. Uh, okay. Kate. Yep. If you're going to do a crossover, mm. crossing over a character or a creator or something from from these two movies, what would you uh, what would you cross over? Yeah. So you know how like. Uh, like famous people on their own do like these epic dance duets, you know, like Fred Astaire and Shirley Temple or like uh, Paul Abdul and the cat, right? Like, I, do you think Shirley Temple is an animated character? No, no, no. I didn't say animated character. I you said, said these, on like, their own. You said famous people on their own do these dance numbers. No, no, no. Famous. And then your descriptions were Paula Abdul and a cat. The joke was the cat, not Shirley Temple. Keep up. I'm the do cat's not, not a famous person on its own. Anyway, you know how I, like are you saying MC Scat Cat is not famous? Like champions of their field, right? And then you're like, oh, a duet with that person. I didn't expect that, but look, sure. this is so fun. Sure. Mumble and Wally. I want them to do uh put on your Sunday clothes mm. together. Uh Mumble gets a tap solo. Wally gets to like, you know, do work with some maybe fancier treads mm. and like do his hubcap dance. I want to see a, a duet. Uh, dance number nice yeah i have the same crossover oh but i want to see um mumble okay uh, get inside of wally and get compacted oh no at least make it one of the robin williams offensive characters oh my god those things <laughs> uh so if i'm gonna do a crossover here's here's what i do uh i put fred willard also oh. in uh, happy feet automatically better like he can be like one of the people guiding a penguin feeding or something <laughs> i look i don't know just yeah put him in there save that movie yeah i like it yeah dick 
it's time for the final. What is it really? Yeah. Final. Final. Cut. Cut. Now it's too many. Cut. That's fine. So, <laughs> start in chronological order. Happy feet. Uh, do you? No. I thought we were doing them in chronological order. You said happy feet. I said Wally. That was chronological. <laughs> the final, final cut cut is yeah. a section where we take one movie at a time, whatever order we put them in, uh-huh. and decide whether we think this movie should be re-released as is, mm. whether we would create some set, sort of special edition, or whether we would throw it in the vault. What do you do with Happy Feet? That's okay. You're looking at me with a grin. I understand. I... <laughs> hated this movie yeah i was so bored there's like i've been bored in movies before right like yellow submarine was boring and bewildering but like there was something of value there Mm -hmm. there's nothing of value in this movie for me It, it was like nicole kidman was doing like a weird Megan Tilly, Marilyn Monroe. This is what I'm saying. It's Moulin Rouge. Impression the whole Someone time. Someone saw Moulin Rouge and wanted more. Like, good, hey, good job giving Hugh Jackman a song he can sing. Take note every musical after that. That was really nice, right? His first note in Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. Was, well. It's like, like oh. He gets to use his full vibrato and it's someone, like. Someone gave Hugh Jackman a song he can sing. What's the best opening phrase for Hugh Jackman? A large wavy belt or. Ladies and gents, this is a moment you yeah. wait for. He's like he can't whisper. No, he's it's not like, his fault. He's a he's a baritoner. Yeah, and he does a good job Big at it. Big old voice. But he should be singing loud. Yeah. It it should not. He should not do Les Mis ever. He should not do Greatest Showman ever. I I will still say I think Les Mis. I understand your criticisms. I think Les Mis is a better use of Hugh Jackman than the Greatest Sorry, Showman. My criticism is that he was terrible. And like the greatest, like P.T. Barnum is a better role for Hugh Jackman. Right. The greatest showman. But the songs were written. The not greatest for showman Hugh also sucks. Yeah. Les Mis is good, and he was terrible. I'd rather have him suck at I something. I understand. Sucky. I understand what you're saying. Um, so, greatest greatest showman. What? No, oh, vault it, vault it. There's vault there's it. Okay. there's no there's no value. Like okay, we can we can take out the ten seconds where that penguin does that dance, and make it a gif. Yeah. So maybe that's my special edition. Then yeah. is this movie is a ten second gif. It's got to be with the music too. That's okay though. It could Vault. just be a vine. Vault. Um, I think I I, you know what I enjoyed the unique right because like. I could do a whole thing. Anyway, I think there's a neat story to be told in this like penguin who has who's not able to do the heart song, which is the main thing that his community does. Right. I liked all the community scenes. I understand your take on the musical numbers and totally respect it. I was having a blast with every one of these penguin, especially when they would mash up, like when they would do like the, the community elders happened. doing Gregorian chant, sure. and they're doing more of like a hip hop kind of military like drumline thing with their. So cool. I I really enjoyed it. No, get a, I enjoyed the first several seasons of Glee and then it got too much. We're but gonna we're gonna be in different rooms for a while after we wrap this podcast okay. episode. I think there is I think there is you take out all you you do what happened before George Miller decided there needed to be an environmental oh. streak in it. And you just I think it's an interesting and unique and like specifically like 
gears and cogs work together that you can tell that story of being outcast and being blamed for something and scapegoated through these penguins. Yeah. And so it's going to take some work, but I think it would be neat. I have a, so special edition, but a new movie. I have a new special edition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know when you'd go to like a blockbuster and you'd grab the video off the shelf and like you wouldn't always check to make sure it was the right videotape inside? <laughs> so my special edition of Happy Feet is it's a box that says Happy Feet, but then you get home and you pop it in and oh no, it's uh, Mad Max Fury Road on accident. <laughs> That's my special edition. Awesome. Thank you. Dick, what do you do with Wally? Um it's tricky. I if it's me, I, I do a special edition mm-hmm. and I I want Wally to be two movies. I I really am interested in the different themes uh, and the different things that they were trying to critique and address mm-hmm. in this movie, but by trying to do so much They ended Mm -hmm. up doing not enough of any of them to be substantive. Yeah. Um, I want to see a movie on that ship with the humans. Mm. I think that could be a really good movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't want them halfway through my movie. Yeah. Because I feel like we don't get enough time with them. So for me, moments like that handhold... Mm don't land as well mm. because I, I feel like I don't, I don't know or care about these people. Mm-hmm. I just know that they're people. Um, so I just care about them in that they are people and they were nice to a robot. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Wally. I feel like Wally's story gets very distracted by the story of the humans. Sure. Where I'm like, no, I want to, I want to know about Wally and Eve and, I'm spending a lot of time with this captain. So I just want to break this into two movies. It could even be like two short movies Mm -hmm. that, that kind of like Lion King one and a half each other Mm. and like intersect. Ooh. Okay. But I don't think we need both of these giant stories in the same movie. To me, I find it distracting from the messages that they're trying to get across. Yeah. I think that's fair. (sighs) I think my close, my closest answer is re-release. Yeah, like there are some things that I would doctor, but again, like, and Pete, I think you it's would like Pete doctor, uh, or do you think they stand in for themselves? Oh, there was both writing, right? I think it's Andrew Sandon directing, but I think they co-wrote. I think so. Uh, no, I like it, and maybe it's just because like I like I really like Black Mirror, and I know you've not really been able to get into it, and so like I think there's a little bit of that. That's like. Oh, this could happen if we're not careful. It's yeah. neat. Um, so some of the cheesier stuff just works for me better. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, re-release. Wally's great. Like mm. the character Wally. We should call great. him. We should call him. Yeah. Cool. Hey. Hey. You know what? Uh, hey. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry I've bumped my mic like four times this episode. Yeah. Apologies, everyone. And I'm sorry that I'm going to forget to edit them out. Yeah, that's fine. Um. Oh, I was apologizing to the audience. Oh. Um, which, by the way, hey, thanks for listening. We know, like, half the people on Earth don't have commutes right now. And it's real hard to listen. I'm so far behind in my favorite podcast. So, like, happy 2021, guys. Yeah, happy. Uh, <laughs> whenever well, you're back on your 2025, is that when commutes start again? We don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're not sure. Um, so 
enjoy. But thank you. Thank you for listening. We, we really appreciate you. Um, we're probably behind on like Facebook messages and emails and stuff. Thank we're sorry. Thank you for being patient. We're, we're trying. It's really hard you guys out are there. Best. And if you do, we, we, so we're going to try. We're going to try. <laughs> if you do communicate with us, we are going to try our hardest to get back to you. And you can suggest to us a pairing of two movies. You can suggest to us one movie that you really would love us to talk about. Um, and we'll, you know, look through our catalogs and our mental libraries. Or if you just want to say like, hey, I enjoyed this. Or like, here's a fun fact about this. We love that. Yeah. Um, you can reach us, Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, Cellmates Podcast on Facebook, Cellmates Podcast at gmail.com, and yeah. cellmatespodcast.com, just as a reference site. We don't communicate via that. But, Not really, no. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting. Thank you for being awesome. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Yes. And uh, to be continued, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you in two weeks. Hopefully. Uh, Bye. As a reminder... Wall E is all capital letters, so please speak it as such. <laughs> Wall E!